The Dharma talk for this evening is titled Feeling, Craving, Grasping. This is the seventh, eighth, and ninth of the twelve Nadanas or links on the chain of existence. So I thought we would just spend some time uh, on those three. The one just before feeling would be contact, and that contact would come through any one of the sense fields, including the mind, contact with something that is apparently something else. Contact, touch, as I sometimes say, it's the same nerve ending that feels uh, pain, that also feels uh, pleasure or something. It's a lot of difference between a feather and a, a nail dragging drug across your palm, but it's the same nerve ending that's being affected. And then when that happens, so that first there's the, there's the contact and the feeling, positive, negative, neutral, and then and then there's the grasping, and that might be a grasping to get more of that. Oh, I like that. Or it might be a grasping to get away from that, let me out of here. And then, or it could be a uh, it could be some kind of ignoring, which is a form of grasping, because we're actually we're relating it to, to that by distracting ourselves from it. More subtle. And the uh, ninth one is uh, grasping. So feeling, craving, did I get that right? Feeling, craving, grasping. Sanskrit is, I think, is... Uh, uh, Vedana, uh, Trishna, and Upadana, Upadana. And it helps, sometimes it helps to, to know the original word that was used. But it's also fine just to say feeling, craving, or passion, grasping. You know, some teachers say, some teachings say that you need to bring the awareness right into for the feeling and the craving. You need to go in there and you need to see where that happens. Of course, you need to see everything else in order to be able to see that precise moment when there's feeling and then there's uh, there's a desire. It looks different to me. It looks more like uh, you have the feeling and you have the desire, but you just don't reach for it. Probably a little bit of each. There's probably some kind of a overlap there that's happening. And then that leads to uh, bhava or being, and then the last two are um, birth, and then sickness, aging, and death. Quite often, it's divided up into three lifetimes. You can look up look that up in uh, Jeffrey Hopkins' book. It, it, it's all over the place, actually. Meditation on emptiness. He talks about that quite a bit. Any basic teaching on Buddhism will discuss the twelve links and break it down into lifetimes and, and, and overlay other feel. It'll overlay the the, um, the 10 stages of a bodhisattva. Puts that on there and puts, uh, well, let's just say it gets pretty messy with concepts. So we have a feeling about this. We like it, we don't like it, we don't care about it, and all the nuance is involved in that, and then we we, uh, instead of doing as I recommend, don't do anything. Don't do anything unless you really have to. That way, a whole lot of things that you might want or do not want or want to ignore, we're not constantly 
going this way and that way by wanting it and not wanting it and attaching to it or uh, the craving uh, brings about grasping. So if you, do, if you can hold your seat, then you're still doing some um, craving and some grasping, but it's only the, the real powerful ones. That way you're, you're not, your uh, awareness isn't completely uh, absorbed into all the little pushes and pulls and that go on in, in anyone's uh, daily life that cause more spinning. So as, uh, as I've said many times and other teachings say also, it's, it's about the awareness. It's not so much about what arises in it. If we go to what arises in it, then we, we kind of miss the point and we become uh, materialists. We look for results. We look for failure and we look for uh, who knows what happened. We look for a reference point at some. We need to know, have a reference point. This is how we get our, this is how we tend to solidify or, or um, uh, slow down our, the obvious um, um, discon discontinuity of the imputed identity that we call a self or an ego or somebody who's having this experience, somebody who wants that, somebody who doesn't want that, someone, I, I do, I want that, I don't want that. We actually have little discussions with ourselves quite often, probably several times a day. We would use the pronoun, personal pronoun I to ourselves or maybe to someone else. I don't really like that. It, and it's, it's not that it isn't relatively true. We're not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, see if you can pull that energy back just, just a little bit so that you're prioritizing what? The awareness about that rather than the success or failure or some kind of uh, identity or some, uh, some kind of uh, not having quite so much discontinuity to the identity. I would love to respond to your questions. Wonder if you can uh, talk more about the difference between craving and grasping. How those, how craving, when that turns into grasping. So that's that's a good one because that's that's the area that I feel from my experience uh, looks like that's the area that you can you can have the feeling of craving or I really want that and have that feeling come up without moving towards it at all. You can, you can have that feeling. You can even have the the commentary that's, that even might even say, I really want that. Uh, and this is a way of talking about it. It might not be something you would say to yourself, but it might be something that if you did say something to yourself, it would be something like, but I'm not going to do that. This is a, a, a classical term for this would be renunciation. You have the, you have the feeling and you have the, the desire, the wish to have more of that feeling, but you're not going to, you're not going to reach for it. If it shows up, you're going to feel it. You're going to enjoy it, perhaps, but you're not going to demand more. So, mm -hmm. so it'd be like. Let me say it a little bit more. So it's like you have something occurs that is uh, very uh, difficult, and you want to get away from it. And one of the ways to get away from it is to explain it to yourself, to blame someone, to, to blame yourself, to to actually leave what is happening and go into some other area. And that's. Uh, that's when the craving becomes a grasping, either a, 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 an acquisition or a rejection or a turning away or shutting down or well, the three poisons more. So is the craving more of an internal 
initial reaction and then the grasping is doing something out of you could be physically actually doing something, or you could just be doing something in an interior way. You could be grasping by just explaining it to yourself. Well, that's happening because of this. Well, if she hadn't done that, then I wouldn't be feeling this way. So actual blaming kind of thing would be a subtle form of upadana, grasping. When you were talking about the three poisons, um, if it turns into... Uh, we can label it as one of the three poisons? Is that when it's turned into grasping? Perhaps. Uh, we, we might have to do a little, bit of label, a little bit of labeling, but as soon as you can not add anything to it, including the label, a lot of times, uh, quite often, the, the labeling is to try to get some kind of foothold or some kind of get your balance somehow, whereas you could just not do anything at all. Don't accept, don't reject, don't look up. Excuse me, don't look away. Question from Mariah down in Texas. Yes, Mariah. She actually has two parts. First, at what point does a feeling become a craving? Is there any way to stop a feeling or a craving before it starts? I'm not saying that that couldn't happen. There couldn't be some way. Would uh, One of the ways I say it to people, depending on what their life is like, I just say, stay out of a bad neighborhood. You know, if it's a... Just stay away from the things that are seducing you into that. That's why we have a monastery to try to practice like this, uh, you know, and live in, in another town and only come here once in a while. You can do it, but it seems to be there's much more support if you're right here. You're with other people who share this uh, vision or this understanding. Uh, you and you, you hear the teachings every day, over and over, and so you're you're all you're immersing yourself in it. That's why this is been created this way. And so I don't know if you can stop any of that to, to address your, your question as strictly as possible. Uh, what you can do is not uh, not do anything with it. Don't don't accept it. Don't blame. Don't credit. Don't blame. Come up with no strategy at all around it other than uh, let it, let it arise. The awareness is what's important, that it arises in the awareness and you don't turn it into something else. So if you have the feeling, it's just feeling. If you have the craving, it's just craving. You, you just want something else. And uh, if you do nothing with it, then then no kind of uh, self-referent that we call I is strengthened. It might, there might be something there, but it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't solidify or it doesn't uh, collect into some kind of a person who wants something else or doesn't want that. You can hear it in your own mind when you might say to yourself, uh, well, I'm glad that's over with. Just something as simple like that. Or the other one that I have often used is we have a, um, something is happening and we, we grasp at it or, or we reject it or we get upset or we blame. And, and then on top of that, instead of just seeing that, we say to ourselves, there I go again, which is a subtle way of, of giving one, uh, giving ourselves a little bit of, credit for, you know, at least I know I'm, there I go again, so there, at least I know that, and I'm uh, out of control or whatever. So less is better. If there's a credential involved, there's probably some kind of grasping, probably uh, some kind of buying into something. In your analogy of neighborhoods, mm -hmm. if you see the bad neighborhood, mm -hmm. but still 
still want to go into it or still find yourself going into it? Mm-hmm. Is that really that we haven't seen it clearly? It's a good question. We probably haven't seen the really big picture. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very. If you if you really um, if you really want something, you can't stay out of the bad neighborhood. You probably don't see the big picture, which would be this: you're walking into a burning house. You're walking into something that's going to be painful, and so you're just kind of say, "Well, this will feel pretty good for a little while, and I just won't think about what it's going to turn into three weeks from today or three uh, years from today." I guess. So, how does karma play into that? <clears throat> and I realize you're using bad neighborhood as, as kind of a value judgment. Of course, it is. How well, can one, we one, say one of the ways to stay out of a bad neighborhood is don't leave the monastery. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I mean, it's kind of silly, but it's like if you're in practice, practice, train your mind before this body comes apart and goes back into the elements. Train your mind so you see as clear uh, as clearly as you can, and you still are going to have to deal with your own karma, which is extremely complicated. So there's no guarantees of anything, but we have to start somewhere. So. As Pema said, start where you're where you are, which I think probably somebody gave her that title. Yes. Do we have to have gone to that bad neighborhood first to know that it's bad? Probably has to be some kind of experience about that, I would think. Should we be avoiding a situation if we label it as a bad neighborhood without investigating it? I wouldn't worry too much about avoiding. If you're avoiding it, you if you're practicing, you'll be aware of what you're doing. It'd be like if someone knows they have uh, uh, difficulty with uh, a particular thing, and, they, and they're when they get around that particular situation, it's difficult. And so, uh, stay away, stay, stay here, stay. Keep, simplify your situation, train your mind, rather than go in and uh, with the, the idea that well, I can probably handle that. You know what I'm talking about? We've discussed it before. I can probably. I'm pretty well trained. You know, I've been practicing for what has it been seven, eight months now. I think I got this. I've actually had people come in and tell me after they've been meditating for a year or two, say, this is easy for me, I got this. You can imagine what I say. That's exactly what I say. (laughs) (laughs) And you can quote me. I would probably say, well, that's great. That's great, I'm glad to hear that. I wouldn't argue with them. It's good to respect People's confusion, even when it masquerades as sanity. Yes. Is it you? Huh? Is it you? <laughs> You're itching? Well, I can't help you there. <laughs> so, um, I think you said a few minutes ago. You said he was itching, in case you were wondering. Yes. I think you said a few minutes ago um, feeling is just feeling, craving is just craving, grasping is just grasped. Is, is that similar to how Dogen says firewood does not become ash? So the one doesn't have to lead to the other. It's just this. It's this. The it's the busy, uh, grasping, um, confused, spinning, self-centered mind that thinks there's something around the corner that it needs to go after, or there's something around the corner it needs to avoid. And it's not. It's not that there isn't something. As I said before, we have nerve endings. So some things are going to be too hot, and some things are going to be too cool, and some things are going to be just right. Remember the three bears. <laughs> Was it three bears? Yeah. You said something earlier, too, about discontinuous identity. Yes. The continuity 
If you look at the identity, you see it's discontinuous. It's we're always feeling this way, and then we feel that way, and then we feel this way for a while, and then we add up things and we keep track of that, and we notice when we feel better, and we feel have some kind. I'm starting to feel pretty good and feel some continuity. You might not use that term, but the the, the one who when awareness is just when awareness when awareness is stable, it doesn't mind what happens. It's like if it's just the sky, the sky doesn't mind if there's big clouds, little clouds, fast-moving clouds, dark clouds, light clouds, lightning, because it's just the sky. And it's also not separate from anything that arises in it, but that's another story. Are the 12 links something that are actually happening? Um, I was just wondering if that's something that's actually happening that we need to see through, or if that's a way of explaining our misunderstanding of what's actually occurring. It seems to be a conceptual structure that we can lay over. It seems to be happening all the time. There's there's ignoring, which ends up creating uh, um, formations or samskaras, and there's uh, consciousness, and there's a name and form, and there's a, the, the ayatanas or the sense fields. There's contact in each sense field. There's a different kinds of contact, and so that's ha- you know that's happening. Uh, I understand your question. Yes. Yeah. It's just there's contact happening. I, I'm looking here, mm-hmm. and then I look at you, and then you know I. You, you'll notice if you just take the people in this room. You'll notice that everyone you look if you look at if you lined everyone up and you you looked everyone in the face. You'll notice that some some people you really feel attracted to. Some people uh, you have uh, have, a, have an aversion to. I mean, you might never express it, but it's just a just uh, those kinds of things are just coming and going all the time. And that aversion, you might not have a description. Well, I don't. I never did like blondes, or you're not going to have anything like that. It'll just be something about that. And the less you do with that, uh, the better. So just because you. Um, being around a particular person that feels negative, please don't add anything onto that. Leave, leave it just leave it right where it's at. Let it just feel that way, rather than try to turn it into a story. Well, it must be because uh, three lifetimes ago, you know, we were both clowns in a circus, and he took my rubber nose away from me. Sorry, but it's it's that kind of a you know. And, and as I say this, it's not that that didn't happen. It's not that there wasn't some kind of thing in a past time where there was conflict, but you don't need to really go there. If you do, then that's fine, but you don't, you don't really need to do this. You have everything you need, as far as I understand, to uh, realize what this is, just this body, this mind, this moment, that wall. Go ahead. Um, this wheel seems to occur very spontaneously, and I'm just wondering what needs to happen so that ceases to be a continuity or a continuous cycle. What needs to happen there? Uh, well, that's kind of what I was, that's why I picked out those three, is uh, we have a feeling, we don't want to get rid of the feeling, we, we're alive, we have nerve endings. So we have a feeling that comes up, and then some of the feelings we like, some of the feelings we don't like, and some we're indifferent to. And so the, the way I first heard it was, uh, just to, 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 I'm going to paraphrase it somewhat, get rid of desire, just don't have desires. But I, I, that doesn't really work over here so well. 
And so, but what I have found that if if you have the feeling and you have the desire, then just don't don't necessarily grasp, don't necessarily reject, and don't necessarily shut down. If you if you're able to do that, then the karma that is generated by the the next uh, links uh, gets uh, gets weaker. I mean, I don't know if it disappears or not, but it gets a lot weaker, so that it doesn't turn into um, uh, baba or being. And then, um, and then birth, and then sickness, aging, and death. But it doesn't go. It doesn't. It weakens that area of the cycle. Seems to be a, a spot where you, as a individual, being born into this life and running into this kind of a practice, that's an area pretty hard to intercept. Intercept it somewhere else where it's it's just um, so. I don't know if it's. It just comes to a very small spot there where that's happening, where something arises, uh, and we, we we might name it, and we then we might add on our opinions or ideas about it. More. You kind of answered my other question, which was is if that particular section is our uh, best opportunity to see through that that whole. <laughs> but it wake anybody up. I think it is. I think that. As I said, some say it's it's between uh, contact or uh, it's between feeling uh, and and craving, and I feel that it's between could be feeling, but it could be go as far as to say it's be, between craving and doing something about the craving. If you just have a feeling that you desire something, you have a feeling, and then you desire that it be gone, or the desire that it stays. <clears throat> that's a I'm not saying it couldn't be done there. Maybe it's done a little bit in both of those areas, depending on uh, the causes and conditions that are um, so nuanced. Okay. Uh, from Amber in Muskegon, she asks, are the links in the chain of existence the same causal links mentioned in the Heart Sutra? I think so. I mean, so something, I'm not, I don't have the Heart Sutra memorized in such a way that I can kind of thumb through it in my mind. But apparently, Amber's doing that. <laughs> Probably, anytime you're talking about causation, it, it has to do with the uh, with the, uh, the links. Go ahead. All right. I was just reading. Uh, no causal link from ignorance to old age and death. No end of yes. causal link from ignorance to old that, age. That, that is it. Yeah, that's that's the from ignorance or ignorance uh, avidya or marigpa, and then uh, jaramarana is the last one, and then there's a ton of them in between. The first two are a past life, the last two are our future life. There's another way of breaking it down so you can get a, a very big picture of it. But then the, the, the eight, the ones in the center, are also in the, in the past life and in the future life. It's just a, another way of saying, uh, trying to get a big picture feeling for it. Can we crave a motive without grasping? Crave a motive? Yeah, see, anger comes up, and I'm looking for a motive, but then I don't. That's not but as soon as you start to look, because anger is anger is enough. Anger is the first thought. The first thing that happens is it. There isn't anything else but that. If you think there's something else from that, then we then we start the wheel turning. Then we have to then we jump from one to the next. If that's what you're asking me. If we see the um, that motive, um, then don't. Act the grasp is that. When you say motive, are you saying 
someone makes you mad. for an explanation or okay yeah do nothing with it or cause. is that your question yeah, the question is um back to my original i guess is if you're craving and then there's a motive depending on brats yeah mm -hmm. it looks like you would just be there so this is a, the word uh, renunciation is showing up for me about uh, in that regard that you you just don't need anything else you don't need a backup plan you don't need a you're having the negativity you recognize it uh, it doesn't feel too comfortable but you don't you don't immediately abandon the discomfort the feeling this the actual uh, uh, seventh uh, link Vedana you don't abandon that you just feel rather than try to go into who caused this, why did they cause it, how can I get rid of it, this shouldn't be there, I don't deserve this, and all the other little commentary or elaboration. Don't elaborate. And when you say when you say don't elaborate, how do you learn to do that? On the cushion, sitting down, holding still, whatever happens is exactly what needs to happen. More. Mm -hmm. um, earlier you said when awareness is stable, it doesn't matter the person. It's 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 not uh, uh, stable. Uh, it's like a, a sky. It's like when the when the when the understanding uh, is more like the sky and less like one of the clouds. What is unstable? Always wanting something else. Even when we get what we want, have you noticed? Even when you get exactly what you, we get bored. You don't like it. It's not good enough. It's not it's, it's commentary. So it's just an image. It's just a metaphor for the stability would be, you could say, quite accurate. Like, you know, if you're in a house and suddenly it catches fire and you run out, out of, I'm over here thinking about that that's over there. It's just the very nature of it is projection. So it's very difficult for us to, and there's no, there's no requirement to be free of projections, but if there are other do <clears throat> you notice how it looks like you're looking at someone else right now? It's just a, it's an intense separation that's happening all the time from the, the time we're born and raised and we have our mother and our father and the world and everything else that's at a distance. Uh, the very nature of physical existence is, just reinforces the, the, the separation. Uh, whereas the area where uh, Jason is, what uh, he was talking about today, about uh, working with dreams is that's an area that you know you take out two really important elements there you change them into a different so they have a different uh, quality to them time and space and we're not saying it's necessarily arbitrary but it certainly isn't like it is here it's not linear so it's a, it's a different area and that's an area where also awareness is what's important rather than some kind of accomplishment situation yes where are dreams projected from or not dreams, thoughts. Yeah, dreams on the mind. <laughs> Where are thoughts projected from? I think it's just a, just a, it's something to do with the, the way the awareness shows up in terms of uh, nerve endings and in terms of just the whole, the whole um, complex of being a, a biological situation of the, human being or a living being that has nerve endings of all kinds. And so the, the thoughts are um, just a, an aspect of consciousness. 
just, uh, you, you could say, <clears throat> I'm just thinking of uh, Cozan's dog, uh, Casey. If you look at Casey, she's having some kind of thought process that's going on. I mean, it might not be exactly human, uh, probably not human. No, with Casey it could be. <laughs> but, you know, there's some kind of a, something going on there with her, just like if you look at a human face when they're living or expressing themselves or thinking over something. You can sense there's something very similar to what you're, what's happening with you when you're thinking about something, contemplating something, uh, contemplating something, or worrying about something, or planning something. And uh, when, as soon as you uh, come into the driveway up in uh, Traverse, uh, Casey sees you and immediately thinks, I don't know what she thinks, but it's something like a stick thrower. <laughs> I spot him. I would spot one of those anywhere. She would go and get a stick and come and drop it here. So you'll throw a stick for it. Some kind of thought process is happening there, as it probably is with, with uh, all different kinds of animals. So is there a difference then between um, habituation where... Just like in the example you gave, she's habituated to throwing sticks, and somehow that must give her some kind of satisfaction or something. Like Pavlov's dog. Yeah, but would that be the same with the, the feeling, craving, and grasping then? Does it, does it become a habituation? Well, it could be. I think so. I think if you continually keep um, fueling that, you you have a, have a feeling, and then you, have, you want something, and then you reach for it. And I think if you're doing that, then the, the space or the awareness, the, it, it just uh, happens of a piece. It's just one entire situation, rather than, whereas the sitting practice of meditation over time allows some ventilation or some more space to come into those, those things that we are, we are describing uh, using concepts. There seems to be an area where the mind's actually doing something like what the concept is pointing to. And if we just continue to do that, then call the habit. And then, then that's further complicated by, let's say, if you're, if you're uh, addicted to, uh, say, cigarettes. By the very bodies uh, gets used to that nicotine or whatever it is, and, and, it, and it wants it, and it, and it, and it, will, it will begin to run the whole show and... and it, Make that whole structure of of um, you know, feeling and uh, and craving and grasping even be more uh, solid or opaque, so you can't even see the structure. It just it just you just want it, and then difficult to swimming upstream to try to break into that or break it down or just refuse to do it. Earlier, were you saying that um, some teachers teach that there's the fuel is cut off between the feeling. Yes, I've read it. I've read it that way. I'm not sure where. I don't know if it was uh, some some delineation on, and it's a it was a traditional text that was saying that 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 was the place that you need, you need to just stop having feelings, and that's what sitting practice and meditation will uh, eventually will lead to not having uh, any any wanting anything else, and um, not how it looks here. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm right. I'm saying that it looks like there's could depending on depending on aspects of that of whatever that whole comp complicated mechanism is. There are, there are, might be areas where you could work with it as a feeling, and there are other areas where 
the only way you can you can really work with it is to actually have the craving and then don't do it. Um, I think that shows up in people's awareness in different ways. I think some, some people have a natural kind of a discipline not to, a natural, I don't know if I'd say it's easier for some people, but something like that's probably happening. Just like if some people can sit and, and meditate for long hours without too much trouble and other people, uh, it's excruciating for them to do that. And you could say, you could draw all kinds of conclusions. You could say with a person that it's easy, it means they're not getting anywhere. Whereas a person who's suffering and can't hardly stand it and smoke's coming out of their ears, they're making progress. I mean, you could, you could say anything you want. You can interpret it. And if you're, um, you know, if you're into sales, you could probably make any one of those sound pretty good. Read, read any book on mindfulness practice. And that can be by and the more na uh, initials they have after their names, uh, the more believable they are. Not because of the initials so much, but because they've been trained in how to think a certain way. This is true with, with Buddhists also, not just uh, uh, John Kabat-Zinn. Interesting, no one laughed at that, and I thought it was quite funny. What a friendly little gnat. So we have about eight or nine minutes, so if there's more questions, I'd be happy to address them. It doesn't have to be specifically about this, be about something else. Something arises, uh, we have a feeling about it. There's contact of any kind. We have, we have some kind of a feeling. Like I was saying, looking at someone's face, anyone's looking at anyone. You, you can actually see that we have, there's a quality that arises no matter what the contact is, whether it's meeting your friend, meeting uh, your enemy, meeting someone who's neutral, someone you don't know. You'll notice uh, that it's difficult to find out what it is. If you go into a, say, into a drugstore, go into Walgreens and go into to buy a, we're going to go in there and buy a pack of smokes. I don't think there's anybody that smokes here. So you're going in to, to buy some uh, toothpaste or something, and you're, you walk up to the counter, and as soon as you look at somebody you've never seen before, you look at, at them, and, and the, the qualities that arise there are very, very complicated. There's the, uh, you're seeing somebody that looks like somebody you know, uh, looks a little bit, uh, uh, whether they're... Uh, uh, black or white or um, or Asian or any all those things affect us some. I'm not saying that we're not necessarily just talking about some kind of uh, hidden prejudice, but the kind of prejudice that uh, that we're conditioned just because of our because of our culture. And I, I think it's very good not to get rid of any kind of prejudice, but just be aware of it. Because if you get rid of it, then the very nature of prejudice is to go underground. So just be aware. Isn't it interesting how, how someone you've never met before, you've never seen, you've never even talked to, how you have certain kinds of feelings about them. And it's dependent upon all kinds of things, on their tone of their voice, on their eye color, on their posture, on the way they address you. We can actually get irritated by someone who's just trying to do their job, just trying to make change and charge you for the merchandise. And yet you can feel a kind of an irritation. Whereas someone else, we might, we don't really want to leave. We really like them. We, we like to listen to them. We like their, their sense of humor or all those dependent origina uh, dependently originated situations are affecting us. You can't really separate yourself, nor, nor do you need to. 
by not separating yourself, you actually will get in less trouble. Then you might think that you need to protect yourself so you don't have feelings that you can't control. That kind of paranoia. When it might be better, to say it in a relative way, to actually feel, feel, feel everything. Feel the negativity, feel the anger, feel anger come up. Feeling, don't, if you do anything with it, then, then you've already gone to a, the subtle form of uh, grasping and then our subtle form of uh, uh, craving to get rid of it. And then an even more subtle form of, of uh, upadana, grass, or, uh, grasping. Go ahead. And then situation where we're seeing that we're trying to protect ourselves from having a feeling like that, how can we, should we move into that instead? I wouldn't do anything with it. I wouldn't move in. I wouldn't move out. Uh, and I wouldn't stay there and try to prove something to yourself that you can handle this or that you can be present without. Just whatever whatever's happening, just be there with that. More? Yes, sir. You mentioned um, ignorance can be grasping. Is that as a form of covering up grasping? Yeah. It's the cover. It's, it's not... Uh, it's because if you cover it up, then then the how it got there in the first place is still operating. So if you see the the more obvious the three poisons are, I want it or I don't want it, and then this one here is more more difficult to see. And it's uh, there are people who function that way. They just begin to it just feels better just to shut down on everything. We all know someone. Maybe it's the person that looks you in the mirror in the morning. Uh, the, whose style is uh, is to just not just not be there. Sometimes we have a conversation with someone who they can talk, they speak our language, and they they have an expression in their voice, and they have a job, and they have opinions and ideas and everything. But there's some quality of it's like there's part of their awareness has been shut way down, so they just uh, they don't hear you. They don't really hear what you're saying. They hear what you. But they think you're saying. Sometimes it's called a parent. Parents are notorious for being without end. <laughs> I know I had a couple. I think we had three. So we have a minute left if there's a final question. Anything else on that, Robert? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you so much. And I'd like to remind everybody again about the Donna boxes in the hallway. As you know, we do depend on your financial support to help us help others. this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.